to A Wee Blether About, a podcast from the academic skills team at UWS. I'm Linda Riches and I'm one of the academic skills advisors at the university. Today, myself, Dr. Kevin Wilson. Hi, Kevin. Hi there. And Ben Farrer. Hi, hi Ben. Hello. We're going to have a second blether about academic writing. So last time we looked at academic writing, what exactly it is, um, how we first learned about it and some quick tips for getting it right. So in this second part, we thought we'd dive a bit deeper and we'll think about how you refine your academic writing by using effective paragraphs and paraphrasing. So if we think back to what we mentioned in the last um, podcast, we were talking about that idea that, you know, you don't need to use the longest words in the dictionary, but you do need to try and think about how you write and put your ideas together. And maybe a way of thinking about that for people is just actually starting with the basics about what makes a good paragraph. Um, ben, have you got a sort of really easy sort of tips for students on on how you can make sure that you produce a good paragraph? Sure. I mean, there, there are basic rules that, you know, I think most people are aware of when it comes to paragraphs, you know, one thing at a time, you know, make sure that you're finishing your your thought in terms of your paragraph before you move on to the next one. Um, and there are lots of things you can do with flow. Um, I mean, one thing that I know we, we all use, which, um, you know, generally seems to go down well, is the P's model of paragraph, P-E-A-S, um, which um, in short is point uh, evidence analysis and so what. Um, so I, I suppose we can ramble about that for a little while. So um, you often find in, in terms of, you know, paragraphs that you want to start by making some kind of point. You have your topic sentence, you're introducing an idea or you're talking about what the paragraph is going to be about. Um, and then you obviously want to present some evidence, as we were just talking about in the um, in the last episode. You know, you want to add uh, your, your references. You want to make sure that what you're saying is based on facts. You want to show that your point is is evidence that that you're talking um, that you're talking in terms of the reality of how this thing works. Um, but then, you know, again, we were talking last time about how do students get their point across in terms of their essay? And I think this comes in the analysis section. Um, where really you're drawing out what do you want the reader to notice from the evidence that you're putting forward. So does it all agree um, or are there points of contention and there points where it disagrees? Um, when you get to dealing with research and that kind of thing, it might be about thinking about is this good research? You know, was it a good methodology or, um, you know, did it get the kind of information that, um, that seems reliable or that kind of thing? There's all kinds of things you can do in the analysis section. Um, so if you've got that, and then finally, to, to wrap up your paragraph, if you think about so what, um, why are you telling the reader this? What's the relevance to the actual question? So if you're always thinking back to what it is that you're asked to do, like the assignment, or if it's your own research, you might have a research question or something like that. Um, you always want to make sure that your reader understands not only what you're putting forward, but actually why you're putting it forward and how it answers that question. The number one way, I think, to lose marks is to just not answer the question. I've read mm. brilliant, mm. interesting essays that I loved reading that didn't answer the question and unfortunately didn't go very far. So I think if you stick to that kind of structure um, or, or similar structures, that's quite that's quite helpful. I, I think that's quite a useful way of thinking about it. Yeah, I find, you know, students are really good at the first two, the P and the E. So the, you know, um, 
you know, making their point and then backing that up with a reference. I find that most students have got the idea of that pretty well, but it's that next bit, that analysis. Is that something that you find, Kevin, that it's that next part that students tend to find more difficult or they tend to fall down on a bit? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, that's really, you know, going back to what we were saying before, it's, it's the analysis where you're, your voice is going to come out, and by mm. voice is, is, is what, like Ben said, your understanding. Because what the what the reader needs to know is what, what you've drawn, what understanding you've drawn from the relationship of these pieces of evidence that you're presenting. You know, you're not just listing a range of sources and what they say. You're saying something about how they relate to one another, if they support one another, or if they diverge in certain ways, or if there's a huge debate um, centered on them. So, yeah, so that's a part where it's. And that's the part really where, where, where it all comes out and just little, you know, little connecting phrases and words that, that, you know, it seems sometimes like not a lot to add in, but it can have huge implications for, for really demonstrating, you know, your understanding and for, for getting a, a, a high mark. I mean, what, and what I would say as well, to kind of just to go back to what we were saying about the point of the paragraph, um, a, a couple of things. You know, I, I'm always saying to students, well, A, you need to decide what the paragraph's about before you start writing it. If you're trying to decide what the point is, you know, and you're halfway through it, then the reader's not going to know what it is. And one, I mean, one kind of uh, thing I try to force people down the route of, and indeed, if you've ever been along to see me for an appointment, and I've talked to you about paragraphs, which I probably have, uh, um, I'll have said, you know, tell me what the point of the paragraph is in, in as short a uh, um, a phrase as possible and by point I just mean the idea that's being discussed right not necessarily the position that you're you know the argument you're making just the idea if you can succinctly say it's about you know give it a you know communication communication and nursing you know something a nice succinct phrase that's then going to run throughout the paragraph that's a that's a good way then to be able to get your analysis out there because that's the thing you're analysing. If you mm -hmm. give yourself too broad an idea or too kind of loose an idea to discuss, that is, I'm, I'm using idea and point interchangeably here, which probably isn't helpful, but um, then it's much harder for you then to to tell the reader anything interesting about it. You know, that, that analysis part is going to be more difficult if you've not given yourself the, the right kind of basis in which to do it and by setting up a nice, clear point. And that all comes from from your planning stages, you know, we, we mm. want to make the decisions, and I think we'll talk about that in a wee bit, but, you know, about what we're discussing before we get into it. We want to we know what the idea at the heart of the paragraph is before we actually start to construct the paragraph itself. Yeah, so actually that point that you made there about a plan, we should say that actually before you start writing, have a have a plan for your writing. So have a plan out those paragraphs and sort of know the structure of your assignment rather than just sitting down and hoping that it's going to all come together. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's it. Is that, and, and I think I'm glad you said that as well. That to me, a plan, you know, it's easy to say, well, my essay is going to cover these three big ideas, but that's just to me a plan of, perhaps what you'd say would be the sections of your essay really a good plan will, will lay out exactly what each paragraph is going to cover and if you've done that then you've effectively made one of the most difficult decisions you're going to make when you're writing an essay or, or any piece of writing which is actually not just what you're going to put in your essay but what you're going to leave out right and the, and the yeah. decision about you know what points you can cover and what points you can't cover or what, you know what things you really want to go into detail about is often the hardest one and if you're if you're wrestling with that that issue then you're you're you know you're doing it right because there should be a kind of you should constantly be saying well I'd like to discuss this but I maybe don't have enough words and, and, and this idea to me seems much more significant and 
if you make a confident decision where you're planning on the, the, the things that you want to cover and you support that decision with lots of good evidence in your discussion, then the reader shouldn't really be too concerned about the things you don't discuss, provided it's not some fundamental point. And, yeah. you know, I think a, a good essay, you know, going back to my own, the, the advice I got as an undergrad, but good essay takes a few of the most relevant points and really discusses them in, in detail, focused paragraphs. Mm. A, a, an essay which doesn't, where somebody's not made, you know, not been able to make decisions about what they want to include and what they want to leave out, it just spreads everything too thin. So what we've got is, you know, lots of wee sh- one or two sentence paragraphs where we never spend long enough discussing a point to really develop any, you know, meaningful analysis out of it. Yeah, so it's, it's having a bit of depth about it rather than breadth because, you know, often... Often I say to students, you know, you're digging a well, you're not digging a pond. So if you if you've got a pond, it's quite it's quite wide and shallow, and you're you know, in yeah. terms of academic writing, you're covering lots of things, but but just very surface. Whereas if you're digging the well, you're 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 going you know a bit more in depth on fewer topics, and you're prioritising. So like you say, Kevin, you're you're deciding what are the important points that need to come across here. Yeah, exactly, and and, and you know. I think it's good to remember that, you know, your markers like to be or, or give you scope within the question to be surprised and interested. You know, it's not as if they've decided that the, the essay that they want to see for this, you know, they don't set a question and, and then write an essay and then expect everybody to write the same essay from the question they've set. They give a question yeah. which gives kind of parameters or, or boundaries which are within which, you know, you can approach it in lots and lots of different ways. So. You know, two people can get an excellent mark, but both of them can come at it from two different angles, provided they, you know, they, they maintain that kind of focus, like you were saying, on, on a few good points, and they, mm. they, they've got lots of evidence to justify what, what they do. Yeah, yeah. And that maybe brings us um, to thinking a little bit about the way that you should write. I'll probably bring Ben in here, um, thinking about um, paraphrasing rather than rather than directly quoting in assignments. So what's your view on direct quotes? Are you a fan or not a fan? Um, I mean, they have their place. Mm-hmm. Um, but the downside of using sort of excessive quotes is, you know, as you say, you're going to be doing, I, I like the metaphor, the, the well, not the pond kind of thing. Yeah. You are going to be yeah. engaging with lots and lots of things and you're going to be going very deep into a topic. As a result, you're going to be reading lots of things and you're going to be encountering lots of quotes and that kind of thing. What you don't want your essays to turn into is a patchwork quilt of quotes where you don't really have any space in the essay because the problem there is twofold. One, it kind of diminishes the impact of your essay because it's a case of well why you know why are we reading your essay if everything you've said is coming from someone else and two it diminishes your authority it means that you're kind of taking all of your information from you know just taking you know like exact quotes from other people when actually the lecture is interested in in you and your understanding so paraphrasing provides it shows that you have done more than just read a quote and posted it. it shows that you have understood that quote that you've synthesized the information, that you've framed it within whatever the assignment is asking you to do, and then you've kind of rephrased it in such a way um, that shows that you understand something. Um, so one thing that you can you can often do with paraphrasing, if you're not sure you know, how to paraphrase something, a good idea is read something, don't memorize it, just kind of think about what it's saying, and then put it away, don't look at it, and try and, even if it's just to yourself, Say what you've just read. Say, try and explain. Imagine you were explaining to someone who does has not read what you've just read. How would you explain the information in that? 
I guarantee you, you will not use the same words that they use. You will use your own words, you will put it in your own phrasing and that kind of thing. And that's the trick with paraphrasing because then it shows that you do understand it because you're not just relying on well, such and such says. It's a case of well, such and such says, and I understood it to mean this, and that's yeah. what yeah. you're presenting. Yeah. Um, obviously, with academic writing, there's the extra step of making that formal, and you wouldn't necessarily put it in the exact words that you would use conversationally, but you would use you would use the words that you would use in an essay form. So, yeah. um, yes, short answer. Big fan of paraphrasing. Um, please do use it. Um, it's it's a very useful tool for demonstrating not just that you've read stuff, but also that you've actually understood what you've read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I just to add something to what Ben was saying there. Sometimes paraphrasing can also be about you know simplifying something. So if you read mm-hmm. something which is written and and, and let's face it, you know, I, I sometimes these you know particularly like journal articles and stuff are written in a way which you know even I find annoyingly you know, <laughs> complicated. You know, but if that makes it, you know, what you can then do, as long as you maintain a formal tone, your paraphrase can be simply just simplifying it down, you know, as, as you know, stating it in a clearer way, as long as we're not talking, and this was something I was going to say in the last part, just to remember that, you know, complexity and formality and writing aren't the same thing, right? You know, you, you know, formal writing isn't the same as, as complex writing, and I think that's a, an important distinction to make. So you can mm-hmm. be writing something, you can be paraphrasing something, restating somebody's idea in a clearer you know, more direct, more simple way. And as long as it doesn't have any kind of real informal terms of phrases or contractions in it, then, you know, it, it's a perfect kind of paraphrase. So, that, you know, that's when sometimes people, I think, worry that their paraphrase needs to replicate the exact kind of complexity of the source that they're reading. And let's face it, as I said, some of these sources just are unnecessarily complex. So, mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I think as well with the, the direct quotes, you know, I always sort of say to students if you are going to use a direct quote then make sure you understand why you're using it so I've often said to a student well why did you put that quote in there and they said well I don't know I just thought that it was on the topic and I just thought that 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 would be okay and sometimes they'll put in a very long quote so they'll put in a quote that's four or five lines long when actually you could actually trim it down to maybe there's a few keywords in that quote or, or even just part of that that is the the bit that you want to use. So again, even when you're using quotes, it's, it's thinking about that quite carefully. I think, I think when you're quoting, it seems easier at the time, but mm. it's actually more work when you're writing because if you've got a quotation, you've got to do something with it. You've got to then tell the reader why it's interesting, why it's significant. Yeah. You've got to link it to the topic. If you just drop it in on its own, you're effectively asking the reader to decide why it's there and what significance is. Whereas as Ben was saying, through paraphrasing, you're demonstrating your understanding of it and you're building into your argument. So you don't have that same pressure or requirement within the writing stage to then, to then do something with the the, infor, with the the information you've got. You know, mm. paraphrasing the work comes before and so it makes it easier then once you actually put it into your writing. When you're quoting, it's easy to put it into your writing, but then the hard work comes with then actually saying something to the reader about why that quotation is significant or why you've got it there and, and, and what it means for the overall point being made. Yeah, and we maybe want to also just mention the sort of the importance of weaving your references into your work. So I often see assignments where people have, students have put in references, but they're all at the end of paragraphs or at the end of sentences. And I always try and encourage students to try and use author-led sentences where they're bringing the author into that argument. Do you think, Ben, that helps a little bit with 
tying your arguments a bit more closely to the authors rather than it just being, you know, a random my view of this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if you introduce the um, if you introduce the author through an author-led sentence, so rather than having uh, you know a piece of information, then at the end you have you know brackets Smith two thousand twenty. Mm. You have Smith brackets two thousand twenty says or research from or something like that. Um, it essentially gives you almost uh, a sort of a counterweight that you can then sort of play off your writing against. So you're, you're introducing an idea that's from someone, and then you can talk about how does the idea link in with ideas from other people's writing, uh, or um, which bits are you going to analyze, or, you know, which parts do you think are the relevant pieces of information. So it can it can weave it together in that way. It also often just makes the, the writing flow better. You often hear students sort of saying, I don't feel like it flows. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes introducing author-led sentences and that kind of thing is a good way of doing it. Um, because it just sometimes feels like a more natural way of writing in, in, mm. in some ways and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I'll, I'll say about sort of, you know, using that kind of stuff and paraphrasing is um, it means that you can restructure things in such a way that um, fits your argument. Um, so you you don't have to kind of, um, you know, introduce all of the information verbatim exactly as it was introduced to you in as you would in a quote. Um, you can just sort of summarize the main findings or something like that, or you can pick and pull out the bits that you need for your for your assignment and think about how relevant it is. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very kind of good way of um, of going about it and, and making things tie together in a way that maybe is a bit more natural. I think also just generally sometimes students find it a lot easier to write like that because it's just a more natural way of of framing things because you would normally say things like you know oh well you know my friend said or something like this. Well, you're just doing the same structure. It's just you're using an academic author or something like that. So it's a more natural way of, of writing, I suppose. Yeah, all, all your friends are the academic authors that are backing up the points that you want to make. So you, you, exactly. you use, use them to sort of fight your corner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that probably brings us on as well, just to maybe um, some resources that might be good for students, because, you know, obviously we're talking about this and students can book one-to-one -one appointments with us, but there's a, a couple of sources as well that might be useful for students when they are writing. One of them that I really like is Manchester Phrase Bank. Um, and if anyone's listening, if you just Google Manchester Phrase Bank, it will, it will come up. And basically that's quite a good database of different sort of phrases in terms of that you would use in academic writing. So you can look at something like how to introduce your work and it will give you about 20 different options of different ways that you can introduce your work. It's particularly useful for students who maybe need to talk about trends or compare and contrast maybe for experiments or anything like that, any findings. Um, there's lots of quite useful suggestions there. So that would be my tip to students of somewhere that you can go and just find different ideas because I know that certainly I have my favourite words for, in assignments which is usually however or you know nevertheless um, and you get a bit fed up with those phrases so it's just sometimes gives you different ways to sort of put your work across and that's that's quite useful. Um, also the, the careers and skills um, web pages. Um, Kevin do you just want to talk a little bit about the information that we've actually got that's quite useful for students to maybe look at? Um, yeah, I mean, we've got lots of, um, sort. I mean, we're in the um, process of revamping them. The content there, I think, is pretty good. Maybe the, the actual um, format of it needs to be updated 
like the 21st century, I think. But um, yeah, the, the, I mean, in terms of the actual resources we've got, there's lots of stuff about just generally about academic writing. I think mm. um, we've got. There's quite there's quite a bit of stuff. I think there's there's stuff on essay and report writing, sure. you know, reflective writing, just and, and even just that whole idea of editing your work and and sort of you know looking at your work. So there's and all these things kind of tie in. I mean, although we're sort of talking about academic writing and and talking about that as a separate topic, it all feeds into referencing, which feeds into being critical. And there's loads of stuff on there. Um, whenever I go and have a look, I'm always amazed at actually the amount of information that we've got there. Um, yeah, and I mean, um, I, I, and it, we, we, I think we've, we've tried to kind of get it for, for a number of different levels as well. Mm. Yeah. stuff and then other stuff where you're starting to think more about. And I mean, I think the main thing with academic writing is that the further you on you go, the, the, the stronger your kind of voice will become in, in, in the writing. And that's that critical voice that we're talking about this idea of, of critical writing and critical thinking, you know, it's, it's a position, an argument that you're, that you're making in the essay, and it's it's always based on on the evidence you're presenting. And I think that that you know, I think we've, I hope we've tried to reflect that in the in the resources whereby you know the mm. critical writing sources are, are the ones where we're, we're kind of pushing towards that kind of a higher level of, of academic writing, where there's, there's that stronger kind of um, sense of an argument and a, a position being. Um, thought out throughout the, the writing yeah any final thoughts ben any um final thoughts on academic writing any tips that you would give a student listening to this um i think i mean just sort of following up on on the resources thing um you know it's worth saying that we are constantly updating them and adding mm. things um at the moment a paraphrasing guide is actually in the pipeline um so that will hopefully be out by the time this podcast is out but um if not that will appear um, the other thing I, I was going to recommend just in terms of resources, because I, I, I mean, it's sort of, it vaguely ties into critical thinking, which we're going to talk about later. But one resource that I think is really useful if you are trying to think of ways of presenting information is if you have a look at the critical reading resource on, um, on the careers and skills page, there's a very useful little table that you can download, which you can fill in as you read through academic papers and you can jot things down like, key points and um, statistics or facts or, or findings or that kind of thing. And sometimes actually just having it in that form where it's not a quote, you're just taking the main pieces of information out of it. So like a statistic here, a fact there, a finding there, actually means that when you come to paraphrase it, you, you don't have the luxury of quoting because the quote's not in front of you, but the information is, the critical information's there. So you can actually work from that. So um, yeah, and I mean, the, the only final thing I will say is, um, obviously, we are very open to ideas and suggestions and that kind of thing. So if you are, you know, looking for something and you can't find it, um, get in touch, you know, email skills at, uh, at uws.ac.uk and say, that's what you're looking for. And we'll either find you something or we'll <laughs> figure out a way to, um, to, you know, kind of help you out with that kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. we could sit here and talk about academic writing all day and we'd probably quite happily do it. Um, it's <laughs> very could. individual, as we've said, everybody's going to do it slightly differently. Um, so I think the, the real thing is, is about, you know, you'll each encounter sort of different things and, and find out different methods of doing things and it's just a case of, you know, using the support available and uh, and just, you know, keep practicing at it. It is, it is one of those things that um, it does come in time and, and it stops being something that you have to, you have to think quite so much about it. It becomes a, more, a lot more natural as time goes on. Yeah. 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 I mean, 
I would just, you know, just to reiterate what Ben says, and, and I can kind of come just brought full circles for full circle as well, which was in the last um, part one about academic writing. I'm saying that how, you know, in my mind, that the, the one of the most difficult essays you write is, is often the first one because you've got no context, no, nothing to base your. It's like a step into unknown, right? You know, you, in, in some respects, you don't know what the, what they're looking for, and and it's then from then on, it should be a process of of, of kind of trial and error and using your feedback to improve on the next one and you know just remember that that it's a skill in itself N- nobody I hope comes to uni to learn how to specifically just to be an, a better academic writer but inevitably by the end of university you will be better at it you know it's something that you're going to improve on as you go through it and if you see it Less is the reason I say this is a lot of people tell me at the start I I I just can't write academically I can't you know I can't do it yeah you know but students don't arrive saying you know I don't I can't do psychology I don't know anything about it or you know I don't know how to be a nurse you know you, that's something you know that you're going to learn some or learn about the whole time you go through uni and you know you're open minded about you know open minded about that fact so try if you can if you're feeling that you can't or you're you know potentially feeling that you, you don't know how to do it know that you will get better at it through the course of your degree. It's, it's, it's an inevitable fact of of writing. And, you know, writing, as they say, is like a muscle. You know, the, the more you the more you exercise it, the, the stronger it becomes. And that's just the same with this kind of academic writing and just getting that first essay out there and, and learning from the feedback from it is what improves you in the next one and, and, and so on. And obviously, that's what here, we are here there. We are here for as well to, to help advance that process and, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely, Kevin. I think, yeah, you and Ben, that's both really good, making really good points there and just trying to encourage people, you know, keep going, don't don't despair with academic writing. It does get better and yeah. we're here to support you. Um, so hopefully that's been interesting um, and given you a bit more detail about how to tackle academic writing. If you've not caught part one, then please have a listen to that blether because we you know, talk about the sort of basics of academic writing there. And if you missed our first podcast where we talked about referencing, um, do have a listen to that one as well. And remember, as Ben mentioned earlier, we're always here. Um, you can book one-to-one or small group appointments with us. Um, via careers and skills and we can talk to you about any aspect of academic skills and any comments any feedback on the podcast please drop us a line to skills at uws.ac.uk thanks for listening